is a reason for the season. Uh, we thank God that he loved us, that Jesus came down from heaven uh, to die on the cross to show us the way. And with that, if we could take our mind right now to forget about ourselves and concentrate on him. And can we sing, I love you, Lord, and I lift up my voice to worship you. Lord, and as we confess our sins to you, O oh God, so that you will be pleased with our worship. 
Uh, Father, draw us closer into your presence as we lift up your holy name, we pray. Amen. 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 It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. We can thank God for being an awesome God. And we are grateful for you to join us in worship. We want to take this moment of time to welcome all of you to worship with us a little something like this. We want to take
Scripture reading this morning will come from Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah chapter 64, we're going to read verses 1 through 9. If you're able to stand in honor of God's word, you may do so. Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. The pastor is going to preach about the Lord came down to rescue. The Lord came down to rescue. Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Give everyone an opportunity to find it. See, some of us are still looking for it. Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Amen. And it reads, Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. How the mountains would quake in your presence. As fire causes wood to burn and water to boil, your coming would make the nations tremble. Then your enemies would learn the reason for your fame. When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations. And oh, how the mountains quaked. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you, who works for those who wait for him. You welcome those who gladly do good, who follow godly ways. 
but you have been very angry with us, for we are not godly. We are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Yet, no one calls on your name or pleads with you for mercy. Therefore, you have turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the powder. We are all formed by your hand. Don't be so angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Look at us. We pray. And see that we are all your people. Amen. Amen, church. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. There is none like you. Lord, we just come thanking you this morning, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for a reasonable portion of health and strength. Tell me, Father. Father, we just want to take the time out to thank you for the little things that we take granted for. Lord, I thank you that we can walk. Lord, I thank you we can talk. Lord, I thank you we can see, we can hear, we can smell, we can taste, we can touch. Help me, Father. Father, for there's so many people can't do these little things that we just take granted for. And we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father, from the time you touched us and awakened this morning to this point in time, Lord. Thank you for guiding us out here to the house of worship. One more time, Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you for being so kind, Lord. We thank you for being so merciful, so gracious to us, Heavenly Father. For not unto us, give any glory, Lord. For all glory belongs to you and you alone, Heavenly Father. For you are the Alpha and the Omega, which, which was and is and is to come, the everlasting God. I heard Daniel call you the Ancient One. Lord, we just come thanking you, Lord. Lord, please touch from the front of the church all the way to the back side, to side in the vestibule, Lord. Right down to help us to forget about ourselves and just concentrate on you. For yes. well, we've come here to worship you in truth and in spirit, Lord. Lord, yes. well, we ask and bless every song that will be sung, bless every prayer that will be prayed. Please bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to go forth that it changes us from the inside out, Heavenly Father. Father, we know that you know what we need even before we ask. Lord, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus, just touch right now. Whatever it is that's going on with each and every one of us, Lord, touch, heal, and deliver in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, church.
deeper, the red and the branches, the rose that makes you breathe. But in the grave you did create me, I will love the world with thee. I will die because of you, crucified the Christ. There's no alive, when you all may have arrived. You are the promised keeper, the resurrected, your rose and victory.
thank you, Lord. Thank you for our victory. Thank you for our redemption. Thank you for our salvation. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, you ought to say thank you, Jesus. You've been so good, better than we all deserve. Oh, Father, we just thank you that we have victory and power in you. That death has been defeat. Mm. And we know eternal life through you. Oh, Father, we're desperate to continue to worship you in this space. We want to hear a word from you, oh God. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Guide us right now as we read your text and to hear a preached word, and we hear a word from you, O oh God, that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. And we praise you, Almighty God, for you are God alone. You are the reason for the season. And we thank you, God, that you love us enough, that Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins and defeated death by rising from the grave. And so that we just say, Hallelujah! Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Just tell your name. I'm so glad. Go ahead. Tell your name. I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad I'm saved. Amen. If somebody talks to you, turn to that and ask and say, are you saved? Come on. Y'all can talk to them. Come on. Are you saved? Hope you got a response. If not, today you're going to learn. Today is the day of salvation. Heart and not your heart. Our God is a good God. Oh, be real glory be to God. We are in the Advent season. And the Advent season means we're celebrating the coming of our Lord and Savior. And I want, to, want you to make sure you understand, he's already come, but he's coming back again. And so as we look back, we look forward. Y'all see how that works out? I, I, we look back how he came to be born in time and stepped into flesh. And as we realize, as we look back, we look forward, no, he's coming back again. With all authority and all power. Amen. And so our text today, uh, going on this Advent theme, comes in the Old Testament from Isaiah, Isaiah the 64th chapter. Uh, Pastor Price read it earlier to us, verses 1 through 9. I'm going to read it again from the New Living uh, Translation. Those who are able to stand in honor of God, reading of God's word, you're welcome to do so. Uh, I'm reading from the Old Testament, Isaiah 64th chapter, verses 1 through 9. The word of God reads, Oh, that you would burst. From the heavens and come down, how the mountains would quake in your presence, as fire causes wood to burn and water to boil. Your coming would make the nations tremble. Then your enemies would learn the reason for your fame. When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations. And oh, how the mountains quaked. For since the world began, no ear has heard, and no eye has seen a God like you, who works for those who wait for him. You welcome those who gladly do good, who follow godly ways. But you have been very angry with us, for we are not godly. We are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Yet no one calls on your name or pleads with your mercy. Therefore, you have turned away from us, 
and turned us over to our sins. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the pot. We are all we all are formed by your hand. Don't be so angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Look at us, we pray, and see that we are that we are all your people. Praise God for his way. Amen. As you take your seat, I'll be announcing subject matter to your neighbor. The Lord came down to rescue. Amen. Amen. As I'm looking at this text and, and, and imagining God coming down, uh, I'm thinking about how we go to pools and we go to places of water like beaches and that there's a, oftentimes a lifeguard. But yet when you might be looking for a vacation space and you're looking for an indoor pool, right, climate control where you can refresh and, and not be out cold in the elements, be able to be in a warm pool, you will look for that pool, but oftentimes you'll go to that hotel or go to that place and they will have a sign up saying, warning, no lifeguard on duty. Children must be under adult supervision. And, and now, as I'm pondering that sign, it says a lot. It says a lot. It says a lot. One, it says that basically swim at your own risk. Two, it's telling you that adults, you should know better, don't let your kids come down here unattended. And then it's letting you know the other thing, too, that if anything happens, it's your fault. Y'all, y'all missed it. So it's pointing out that we are not responsible if something happens to you. We have covered our liability by posting the signs where you should have read this entering into this space that if you did not read it, that's your fault. And that you have problem, that's your fault because nobody's coming to save you. All that's in the sign. Y'all catch that? Basically saying that if you die, your fault. Mm. Mm. But yet, when you go to the beach and you go to the pools and sometimes those park recreation places, right, you can go as families come with their kids and they go to the kiddie pool and guess what? Lifeguard on duty. There's a sense of security when you have presence of, of lifeguard. Even when you go to the beach and you see the lifeguard sitting high on the perch, observing and walking the scene of, and looking out for signs of danger to keep everybody safe. But also, too, they let you know the lifeguards only have so much territory. They can only go so far. If you go outside their territory, there's a sign. Swim at your own risk. No lifeguard on duty. And so if you break that barrier, and you're beyond the reach, you're beyond the authority, you're beyond the boundary of the lifeguard. They got to stand by and watch you. Y'all not hearing Because there's stories out there when lifeguards will go out outside their boundary, they lose their job. Because of policies. Because somebody might sue them or hold them liable if somebody dies. But they say, no, our policy says if you swim outside this boundary, we're not responsible so what I want to highlight what this is all saying is that this Isaiah is pointing out that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard a God like you that goes beyond boundaries, mm. that goes and puts self at harm and at risk for people that don't obey the signs. We are all sinners. You'll see that there in the text, right? We are all sinners. Paul put it this way, that all have sinned. 
and falling short of the glory of God. And, and he also, before he talks about that, he says in, in chapter 3, he says that there is none righteous. No, not one. And when we recognize that we all have sinned, we all have fallen short, that we have this flesh nature that desires to do evil more than it does good, how much more we realize I need a Savior. Am I talking to somebody this morning? And so for that reason, God came down. I like how New Living Translation points out, said, oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. Now, when I'm thinking about this as a child, maybe you might have the same way. Uh, you know, superheroes, and there was a superhero named Superman. And, and, and Superman, when, when, when my daddy was a child, you know, he could jump over a single building in a single band. Uh, but when I was a child, he could fly. <laughs> And so when he would fly, he would burst. Y'all don't hear me? <laughs> it's the bird. It's the plane. No, it's. And so he would burst from the heavens and save the day. But yet, he was just a comic book character. I remember sitting in this basement in Sunday school class. And the deacon was my Sunday school teacher. And we were talking about salvation and people being saved. And I said to him, very seriously, I wish we had a Superman. He looked at me with a straight face saying, there is a superman. His name is Jesus. My mind just blew up and realized, like, I guess he is super. <laughs> I, I was looking for a fictional character to put on some tights and a cape to burst down from heaven. But some time, years ago, whoo, a man with all power burst from heaven that we might be saved. Isn't that something? So you see how this text is talking about how old that you were burst? From the heavens and come down. I'm talking about Jesus, but this text is talking about God stepping up on a mountain. And how did he burst out of heaven on a mountain? On a burning bush. That Moses saw God talking to him in a bush that was on fire but was not burnt. <laughs> how is this bush on fire but yet there's no smoke and it's not being consumed? You understand? Fire burns wood. We understand how that works, but notice what the text says. As fire causes wood to burn and water to boil. Y'all see the transition here. God, you showed up in fire. And when you showed up, you made this bush stay as is. But we know what fire does. He's saying that you do what's beyond our understanding and beyond our imagination. Because how can heat stop by anything and not burn? Mm. We know how heat works. You, you put your iron on, you tell the kids, stay away. Why? Don't touch. It, is the iron fire? No, it's not. But it animates heat. What is fire without heat? Heat is the glory of the fire. And God's glory is that magnificent that anything in his presence cannot stand. Y'all see what the text is saying there now? That how the fire burns the wood and the heat causes the water to boil. You know, fire doesn't make water boil. It's the heat from the fire that makes water to boil. Because you can boil water on an electric oven. There's no fire. But what you need is heat. <laughs> and so God's glory is so magnificent, so awesome that, the, that it's everything in the ambience and around it deserves to be responded to. The fire causes wood to burn, the water to boil, and your coming would make the nations tremble. 
then your enemies will learn the reason for your thing. When God came down, notice how he came down. He came down not because they deserved it. He did not come down to Moses. Moses made the sacrifice. Moses wasn't thinking about Israel. Y'all look in the text. Moses was happy. I ran away from my troubles. I got me a family in life. I'm good out here in the wilderness. But God says, go back. Say, don't you know they're going to kill me? <laughs> well, I'm going to go back. But what it is that it says that God heard from him. The cries of his people. His people that have forgotten him. His people that have broken boundaries. People that have rebelled against him. But because of God's love. It moved him to hear and move. Anybody here glad that God can hear and move? That's an amazing God. This amazing God is what verse 3 tells us. That when you came down long ago, you did what? Awesome deeds. Can I spend a moment on that word awesome? That, that word awesome, oftentimes we might misuse this word, not understanding the, emph emph the, the emphasis of the word. The word awesome is also where we get the word reverend. And so we also call our ministers reverend, but they're not reverend. I'm going to help you out to see that the word revere comes from the word of fear and to be in awe and to be at amaze. And there's only one person that is awesome. <laughs> and so when we understand that God is awesome, that's why you may not, I don't introduce myself as reverend. Some say it out of tradition. I let them go ahead because I understand the tradition. But I know I ain't awesome. <laughs> but I know my God is awesome. And let me help you out about how I'm not just having fun with this word, but trying to be sincere in the word. A man came to Jesus asking him, are you good? He said, no one's good but the Father. He helped this man to realize and understand that everything that's good and perfect comes from the Lord. And he's pointing out, though I am God himself in the flesh, he wanted to make sure that you did not lose sight and look at me, but see the Father. What I'm trying to understand is sometimes we got to make sure we don't make it about ourselves, but we make sure that they can see the Father. And that he is awesome. And that his name should be elevated. So notice what the text says, that when God shows up, his enemies tremble and fall. Nations tremble at his presence. Why? Because they know they can't stand. Another way about fear and also having reverence is that how a child oftentimes has reverence and fear and in awe of their father, who oftentimes serves as the disciplinarian. Uh, in my household, there was a phrase Jesus did not want to hear. Wait till your father comes home. That phrase understood meaning that all games are over. You have been destined for your punishment when daddy comes home from work. And like clockwork, daddy would come home around 4 o'clock. And we would sit down and eat our dinner. And we're hoping and we're praying to God that mama forgot whatever she was talking about earlier in that day. But as the meal concludes and we get ready to get up to go play, did I tell you what your son did? <laughs> Woo! Oh, shaking and, and, and fear comes upon the body and I just stay still and I bow my head down. Now notice the body makes me do this, not because I wanted to, but because in response of the awe and the presence I felt, I bowed down in their presence. Y'all don't hear me? When God shows up, 
His presence will make you do what your body don't think it should do, but it will bow down in His presence. Really, I cannot stand in the glory of the Lord. When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds. Awesome deeds. Amazing deeds. What were the deeds he did? There's a song by Chris Tomlin called Indescribable. And in the lyrics it says, Indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are an amazing God. All-powerful, untamable, awesome. We fall to our knees. As we humbly proclaim, you are an amazing God. But what did God do? Well, when he came down from heaven, spoke through the burning bush, did he not put ten plagues on Egypt? (laughs) Did he not lead them out? And they walked on dry land through the Red Sea. Did he not lead them by fire, by night and cloud, by day? Did he not provide them with manna? Every day on their journey leading to before they cross and go into Jordan and go into the land. Did he not bless their sandals and their clothes not to wear out? Did he not make the walls of Jericho fall down? Did he not help Daniel in the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, the den, uh, I'm sorry, in the fiery pit? Well, we understand we look in times of old, the amazing things that God has done. Can you look back in your life? And see the amazing deeds that God has done in your life. And so we, how do we respond to his power, to his presence? When God shows up, he does awesome things. God deserves our reverence for he is to be feared. God did things in history that Israel now recites on a daily basis. You go through the Psalms. It says, remember when he carried us as in, on eagle's wings, how he shepherded us through the wilderness, how he made all the kings be defeated. They recount the amazing deeds of God. Has there been some time in your life that you had to look back and realize all the amazing deeds that God has done in your life? Some of y'all, I know y'all testimony, you can talk about how they diagnosed you with cancer, but now you're cancer-free. They counted you out on your deathbed, but you're walking around right now. They had you down and out on all kinds of machines, but look at it, those machines can't touch you now. When we look at what God has done, what man thought was impossible, God shows us what is possible. That's why this text points out, since the world began, nor ear has heard, nor eyes has seen a God like you. Who works for those who what? Wait for him. You understand what it means to wait for him? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Isaiah already mentioned that earlier in this text. (laughs) Now he's in the city of the talking about waiting on God. And so we understand when I wait on God. I remember the old gospel song, teach me how to wait. (laughs) Teach me how to wait. And when we understand how to wait, basically we understand that God has given us a gift of waiting. What's one of the fruit of the Spirit? Patience. See, patience is a gift from God. And so if you are lacking in that gift, it means you are lacking in practicing that gift. We need help by God to be patient. And that's why he gave you the gift of patience. 
And so the gift of patience means help me, God, to trust you and endure and put up what I'm going through, knowing that you will step in at the right time. This verse also echoes, some of us know it from the New Testament. We kind of say it that way, right? 2 Corinthians 2 and 9, that the scripture means that no eyes have seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But notice how in the New Testament it says for those who love him, but here in the Old Testament it says those who wait on him. And so to wait on him is to love him. Oh, glory be to God. Have you not experienced that when somebody loves you, they wait for you? I think about this because I think about how oftentimes children are always moving slower than us because our feet are bigger, our strides are longer, so we walk faster for them, and they get far behind, and what do they say? Wait. And then you got to stop, and then they put their hand up because they say, don't leave me again, and walk with me. And oftentimes that we're waiting on God, but God is waiting on you. To come back to him and realize I'm still on the same path. I'm right here. How oftentimes children get lost is that they leave the path the parent is on. We walk ahead trusting our child is behind us, following us, being obedient. But lo and behold, we know they're just like us, prone to wonder. Let me see something fancy. Ooh, what is this? Get off the path. Then I look around, Mama. Daddy, uh-oh, mom and dad now got to look for me. Got to remember, where were they last? Can I make it back to that position? And so we understand, but yet here it is that God is letting us know that if you stay where you are, y'all hear me? I will find you. Mm. If you stay where you are, I have been observing. I've been watching. I see exactly where you are. I will find you. So just stay there, trusting in me. Pray to me. Seek me. And realize I'm, I'm the present help in the time of trouble. God's amazing power is beyond what has been expressed in times past. There's no record. In, 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 in this time in, 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 in this time in our present time and in the future there is no record of a God dying for a man we know all the mythologies Hercules died for man but he was a man Zeus didn't die for him y'all know the hear we see all these stories about these heroes these demigods but it's not the gods so God, I ain't got track for this I ain't got time for it. I might give you some stuff to help you out. But if that's on you, you fail. But yet our God burst from him. That we might know salvation. Mm, y'all see that? So this God that they have, they're pointing out that your God, you are above and beyond what we have ever seen, what we have ever heard. Matter of fact, when, they, when Moses was on the mountain making the, receiving the Ten Commandments from God the first time, I said the first time, they were down there and they said, God's been gone too long. Moses has been up there too long. Make us a God. And so they made a God in the image of a cat, saying, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. And you notice what they made. They made an image of a God they were familiar with in Egypt, which was a cow. We make gods of things we are familiar with because our gods beyond our understanding. 
And so we can dumb him down and limit him and make him something that we can control, that we can manipulate, that we can build. And then when we get angry, we can make a new God. But God is beyond our understanding, beyond our imagination. He does things that's beyond us. So they're going by what they knew, but yet God did a new thing. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. So when we understand that God's breaking the mold here, he's pointing out to them that I am not these gods of old, these lowercase g's. I am the supreme God. There is none like me. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I heard the cries of my people. That's why I moved. Other times they would plead to God. They would sacrifice to God. Remember when Elijah was, was messing with the other prophets? Cry a little bit louder. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe if you do this, your God might wake up. But yet he whispered <laughs> to our God. And fire came down out of heaven. As I was meditating on this message, I was thinking about how how sound works. And we are all in this room, and we can hear each other, but we're outside of this room. We can't hear each other because there's a limitation, the boundary of the sound that's going through the air. But yet, I can whisper in a small corner in my room, and it hits God's ear. We can spend $1,000 on modern technology and call somebody to have a bad connection. I can't hear you. Speak up. I'm in a bad spot. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. on. Are you there? Are you there? Lord, I need you. I'm right here. Father, I'm lost. I'm right here. Oh, thank you, God. I'm so glad that God will say, please hold. Your call is important to me. You are number five. Your wait is 30 minutes. But when we call on God, hallelujah, he's able to show up at the moment and the time we need him. That's why we wait on him, because he's the hope of our salvation. Israel has seen their God not behave like other gods. The God of Israel moved on the behalf of his people, those who love him, those who are waiting for his appearance. The Lord can go beyond, as Ephesians 3, chapter, verses 21 says, going beyond our thought, imagine, our imagination. He is beyond all of that. And so then we look at this, all right, God, um, you are amazing. You are awesome. You are magnificent. But I'm not. Y'all quiet on me. You are amazing. You are magnificent. You are awesome. But I'm not. Matter of fact, you are holy. I am not. Look what it says. You, verse 5 says, you welcome those who gladly do good, who follow God, but you have been very angry with us because we are not godly. Yes, we are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? It's pointing out that God, I know what you desire. I know what you want, and I'm not that. My God. For since the world began, our eyes have not seen and our ears have not heard the great things you do for those who wait on you. But we have not met that requirement. You understand? God has not lowered his requirement. He's not lowered his standard. He desires righteousness. He desires holiness. But what happens is that we desire other things. That's why Christ made it very clear. To follow him, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and all your strength, and love your what? Neighbor as yourself. So if I understand this principle of putting God first, as Christ said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these other things will be added on to you. If I can keep my priorities in order, I have nothing to worry about that I can firmly pray, give me this day my daily bread, knowing that each day God will provide for me. So no need for me to worry about tomorrow when I know who holds tomorrow in his hands. So I'm called to righteousness, a blessedness in righteousness. Matthew 5 and 6 tells me, right, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And so I should seek and do and, and try to do what is righteous before the God, understanding that I am not righteous. That's why I got to first understand. I am not righteous. Nothing about me that is righteous. I'm only righteous because God died on the cross for my sin and has blood washed me white as snow. That makes me right. What I want to understand is that God makes us righteous. We don't make ourselves righteous. That's why it goes on in verse five and says that you welcome those who gladly do good, who follow godly ways, but you have been very angry with us, for we are not godly. Uh, we are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. On our best day, on our best day, we're still nothing but filthy rags. When it goes on, it says that we're like autumn leaves that wither and blow away. Basically, it's pointing out that our life of sin is empty, it's vain, it's worthless, that it can be blown away and not be remembered. This is echoed in first song. If you look at the psalm, the first song, it tells us that the righteous are like the are, are, are like the wheat; they fall back down, but the shaft is blown away. The wicked are like the shaft, and they're blown away, and they're not remembered. They're not standing in the presence of God. See, wickedness cannot be before holiness, and since we are wicked, we're like, how can I be saved? Because I know I'm no good. I'm up to no good. I don't want to do good. But yet, God, I want to be good. Oh, wretched man, am I? That sound familiar in the Bible? So you see how when what Paul was pointing at this out, he's seen the same thing in this context here. Is that God, you desire for us to be righteous, but we're not living righteous. We're not doing right. But God, you burst from heaven because you realize we couldn't save ourselves. There's not a God like that that steps in for us who are ignorant of him. In the times past, you have to appease the God. So you got to do something to get the, the curry to God's favor. I'm going to let you know, you did nothing to curry God's favor. God decided on himself to die for you. Before you knew who he was, he already knew who you were. Before you called on his name, he already knew your name. And so when we understand that God stepped in on our behalf before we understood what love is, before we even expressed what love is, God showed us what love is. So yet we see in the same context we're living in the world now, verse 7 says, yet no one calls in your name and pleads. So let us not be so ignorant that we don't repent and that we call on his mercy and realize, Lord, I am a sinner in need of your grace. But yet, God will judge. Because on the sense, therefore you have turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. If you continue to live in a life of sin, you will be turned over. Yes, sir. 
And you will find out that hell is real. And so that's why we don't want to know hell, but we want to know heaven. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to follow but through me. And so when we understand that our enemy has deceived us, our enemy is trying to continue to keep us in blindness and keep us blinded from the truth and walking in a life of selfishness and pride and dishonor. And we're thinking we're doing all right, but then we start struggling and we're wondering why there's no one there to save us because we've gone so far off the beating path that now we're, we're suffering and suffering curses and we're suffering pains in our lives because we're not obeying the word of the Lord. Sin only brings forth death. Sin hinders our relationship with God. Sin breaks and destroys relationships. A lot of friendships, marriages, uh, everything's been killed by sin. From lies, from deception, from greed, guilty. All the things you name a sin, it breaks things up. But things that are, are godly brings things better together. How much more if people are strong? Oh, what a loving couple. What a patient couple. What a kind couple. What a joyous couple. What a gentle. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. We celebrate the things that make something look good, but yet we seek after the stuff that makes us feel bad. Who can save us? Well, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. <clears throat> the Lord had a breakthrough and died on the cross for our sins. That's why we look at these last two verses. Y'all with me? And yet, Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. Yeah, y'all see that there? And we are all formed by what? Your hand. Don't be so angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Let, look at us, we pray, and see that we are what? All your people. This, this closes out showing us that one, we have a relationship with our God. Our Father. Y'all see that there? It's showing us that, all right, Lord, uh, we mess up, but you are our Father. Which means that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Uh, we understand we messed up. We try to be in control, but we are the clay. You are the power. So which means that we had it twisted. And so we put it back in your hands and you do what you want. That's best for us. Because, Lord, you never fail. And then I like how it says, well, Lord, now that I'm coming back to you and I recognize who you are, I also understand that you don't stay angry forever. If you're not understanding this, this is the declaration of God that he gave to Moses the second time. He went back up on the mountain, let him say, the Lord your God is your Lord your God, right? He's faithful and just and mercy, but he said he does not stay angry forever. So it's pointing out one of your awesome, amazing characteristics, God, is that though I am deserving of punishment, though I did mess up, though what I did is wrong, you do not stay angry forever. The problem with this that we have is that we stay angry at ourselves. If God can forgive you, what makes you bigger than God? That we tell ourselves, I can't forgive myself for this. Or I'll never forgive this person. 
But God forgives. And we want to hold on to one. And there's over a billion people on this earth, and God forgives a billion times. My God. But you can't forgive one person one time. Mm. And, and we justify it because we're human, so it makes sense to us. Well, don't you do it again. But how many times have you repeated? You ain't got telling yourself, but I see you blinking. I see you, I see you, I see you. That we have repeated the same sin over and over again and going back to the same God, Lord, forgive me. The question is, when are you going to repent? Have a change of heart and a change of mind and turn from your wicked ways and seek after his righteousness. That's what it's calling us to do, for us to love godliness more than we love our flesh. The Lord, Psalms 30, 37, verses 23, 26, the Lord directs the steps of the godly, he delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young and now I am old, yet I've never seen the godly abandoned for their children begging for bread. The godly always give generous loans to the others and the children are a blessing. To know our God will never leave us nor forsake. Know our God will always provide for us, knowing that our God is always present here and we are his precious inheritance and that we are special to him. So thank the Lord that he came down to save us. And I like how it says, don't be angry. With us. Can somebody ask God right now, don't be angry with me. Please don't remember my sins forever. Can we say that too? Please don't remember my sins forever. Look at me. Say, look at me. I pray. And we shall see that he will remember us as his people. You know how he sees us as his people? Because when he sees us, he sees Jesus. If you confess Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you are now in the body of Christ. We've, we've heard the saying before, right? How, how a, a, a child is loved by their parent, right? And how they can look on that face. So imagine when God looks on your face, he sees his child. And oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he will move heaven and earth for you. Because he did. That he came down from heaven to come onto this earth. I'm so glad love came down and rescued me. I'm so glad that we are not outside of his reach. That we are not beyond his boundary of his authority and his power. But he can save us. Remember I was talking about that lifeguard. How the lifeguard can only go in certain areas. And that sometimes you may go places where there is no lifeguard and that there's no one available to help you. But I want to encourage you to know that though you may not see a person, there is a person that is available. His name is Jesus. Do you know that Jesus became in time? There's always been God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But in order for our salvation to come, God had to come in the flesh. So as we're celebrating the Advent, we're celebrating God coming in the flesh, bursting from heaven to come and make himself known upon us, that we might behold his glory and see his grace and see his mercy. 
And when we understand that God is moving, then we understand that our eyes have not seen nor our ears have not heard what the goodness and the great the God things that God has done. They have not seen anybody walk on water before. They haven't seen somebody raise somebody from the grave after three days. And then they didn't see somebody raise themselves up from the grave after three days. And so when we think about how great our God is, how the Lord came down to rescue, love came down to rescue. I just want to read again the first verse of Isaiah 64, and then we pray. Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. How the mountains would quake in your presence. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you burst from heaven. That you did come down and you rescued us. Lord, we thank you that it's not because we've been good. It's not because that we are worthy, but because you are worthy of it all. Because your love never fails. And you are mighty to save. You are an awesome God. You are a mighty God. The Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus. Lord, your Bible says that they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died on the cross for their sins and he rose from the grave on the third day. And he's now exalted, seated at the right hand of the Father in majesty. Lord, all who call all in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I pray today that they say, Lord, I welcome you into my heart. And be my personal Lord and Savior. And then, God, we thank you, Lord, you daily, you add on to your church daily, such as should be saved. And so, Lord, if they're looking for a, a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching church where they can be discipled and celebrate uh, the, the, the fellowship and communion of the saints and be baptized and, and join in the body of Christ. Father, we ask you to lead them to this place. If it's not this place, Lord, we pray that you will lead them to that place, that they will grow and be disciples and celebrate baptism and the communion of the saints. Now, Father, as we continue to come before you, God, we ask you that you be pleased with our worship. Look upon our hearts right now. Forgive us, Lord, for our willful sins. Forgive us for our pride. Forgive us for our evil. Forgive us for our willful lives that have drawn us away from your path. But we thank you, God, that you are mighty to save. And Lord, hear our prayer, hear our cry, and see that we are your people, and redeem us and save us. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As we continue on to worship our God, we prepare, we prepare to give God his tithes and his offering. And there might be someone here to also decide to give their life to Christ. And if you want to come forward, we ask you to come forward at the time of offering. You come to sit here, and we ask you to come forward because also we look forward to, after that, our offering, we're going to have communion. And we're going to break bread together. So that's you today. We want to welcome you in this fellowship, this place, as, as us will lead you around. So as we get ready to pray, uh, to give God his tithes and our offering, let us pray. Father, we just thank you for how you prospered and blessed us. We freely give back to you, Lord, it already belongs to you. Now, Father, we ask you, bless those that desire to give and yet have not. But we thank you, Lord, you supply all our needs. So, Father, we freely give to you, ask you to bless it, increase and multiply for the work of your kingdom. And may you receive all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus Christ, name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 We follow the instructions of the ushers as we come around.
services. So let's be mindful and pray for them to continue to lift up Tontoya and their family in the time of their loss and grief. And then also want to remind we have full team ministry meeting coming up December 12th at 6 p.m. And then also uh, want to um, invite uh, all to come to Bible study at, at Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. And then also Sunday school at 9 o'clock in the morning. Amen. Amen. As we prepare for communion, 1 Corinthians 11, chapter, verse 23, 26 says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in peace and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink of it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let us pray. Father, as we prepare to eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Father, we ask to bless this bread. This represents your body that was bruised and crucified for us. We ask to bless this fruit uh, that we drink that represents your blood that was poured out for the remission of our sins. Yes. So we thank you, Lord, for our forgiveness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. So bless us, Lord, as we examine ourselves, prepare to fellowship and break bread together in the unity of the saints. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 The deacons, please come forward. The ministers, come forward. Thank you. 
He took of the bread and he blessed the bread and he broke it, said, Eat, this is my body, let us eat together. Likewise, after the meal, he took of the cup and he blessed the cup, saying, This is represents my blood poured out for the remission of sins, drink ye all of it, let us drink together. Scripture recorded that they gathered everything, that none would be lost, and they exited singing hymns. We look forward to exit singing our hymn, the doxology, as we gather everything.
otherwise, within the mighty Almighty Father, to leave this place, but from your presence, may the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit guide us and direct and keep us so we all meet again. All God's children, sing together. Oh.